Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden, joining me as always to unfortunately break down a devastating Falcons loss is former Falcons fullback Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, man, I, I know this is a head-scratching just performance for you. H- how you feeling, dude? Um, I'm I'm conflicted, man, because I I I wanted to say like F it. Just F the whole thing, F it. You know, I I don't care. I can't invest any more time or energy F or this. emotions into F this. That. F it like, all. Yeah, F this, F that. I <laughs> turn it off. But at the same time, with as crappy as we've been playing, I'm like, we still have a chance to be tied for the league at NFC South and go to the playoffs. And we get to the playoffs, anything can happen. So I, I kind of want to be like, hey, get your, your shit together. Get your stuff together. What's wrong with you guys? Like this, it can't be that hard. It can't be that hard. It's a one and eight team. Like you mentioned last week, we'll learn a lot about the Falcons, about you know, when they go against a one and eight team, are they really just done? Are they really just incapable of beating mediocre to bad teams? The answer is uh, yes. Yes, we are incapable of beating mediocre to bad teams because I, it's unfair to even say we're mediocre or bad team because we're losing to bad teams, really bad. Well, that's to, to the worst teams. So I don't know what you want to call us. It's it's perplexing, and uh, I'm tired of it. I am so tired of it. I know everybody listening to this podcast is tired of it. You know, when you say we're we're losing to bad teams, like the – the big understanding the last couple of years was that the Falcons were also, quote unquote, a bad team, right? Like they yep. were also in the ranks of, you know, all of the teams across the league, your Houston's, your Chicago's, your Detroit's, your, you know, whatever team you wanted to throw into that mix over the last couple of years, you could say, okay, that's the reason they're losing. Wait until they get that talent in place. Wait until we spend this money. Exactly. Wait until we get that draft pick. Terry Font, no, no, and he, and he does. Knows what he's doing. He's paying great draft picks, and he's getting us talent. Ooh, watch out. It's going to be crazy. And now we got this. So it's, uh, um, it's, uh, it's insane. It's doubly frustrating, too, when you look and you see what some of the teams I just mentioned are doing. Detroit, what they're doing. Houston, what they're doing. It's it's just so perplexing, again, frustrating, just uh, anger invoking when you sit here and you look and you, like half of me expected this team to lose this game, even though I, I probably could be fairly criticized as being one of the most optimistic Falcons people. On I was positive Obi. Like, yeah, and you're optimistic Obi. I was positive <laughs> Obi. And I was just like, where is this positivity come from? I was like, I'll just. Well, not positivity. I was just being honest. I'm saying that, hey, if we can do this well and win a game with all these mistakes, imagine when we get our stuff together and we've never gotten our stuff together. So we're going to break down this 25-23 road loss for the Atlanta Falcons. They lost to a 1-8, and no longer 1-8, and 2-8 and Arizona Cardinals <laughs> team. Uh, the Fal- off us. The, off of us. The, uh, the Falcons have now dropped to 4-6. and six. They had a chance to once again reclaim uh, the division lead. Instead, they fall even further back. They are now looking up at the hated New Orleans Saints, who they will face after the bye week. And this bye week better be one of reckoning for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, so that that's kind of 
what we're going to kick it off with, uh, and we're going to get into a lot more. But first, the last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains the top spot for all your live betting actions and contests this season. The NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are also in full swing. And Bet Online is the number one source for all your wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get all the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access available at any time. So head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Ovi, I watched a movie last night on, uh, on Netflix. It's David Fincher's new film, The Killer. I would highly recommend for anybody out there who is uh, a cinephile like myself. And at the beginning of this movie, and, and a little bit of a, a you know spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen the movie yet, it's on Netflix. Go check it out. But hit the skip button twice if you don't want this particular plot point spoiled. Michael Fassbender is an assassin, and he is... Like the most fastidious, just particular person in the world. He is lining up. He is patient. He wants to make sure he gets one shot that he does not miss. Kind of like the Falcons. And what does he do? He misses that one shot. And that sets the movie off into motion. The Falcons, they've been playing their long game. They were saying all week, this is our Super Bowl week, right? We got to treat this game like the Super Bowl. We got to go into the bye week at five and five and fix it all. And then yeah. we got our seven games and we're going to make a run of the playoffs. And what did they do, Ovi? They missed their shot, dude. Yep. Why should I believe in this team moving forward? It's a great question, but uh, positive Ovi's off the building. So, uh, I, <laughs> yeah, there's I, no I more Mr. Nice Will either. No, they, there is no reason to believe in this team. They've given you no reason to believe in what we can do because. Uh, as much as I've tried to talk about how great our run game is and how great our defense has been and how we just have all the tools to get together, at the end of the day, we're, we're not getting wins. And it doesn't matter how talented you are if you don't execute when the time comes. If you're not able to make that tackle on a Kyler Murray to where you know you can't give him the edge, you got to keep contained. You, Evan Katie, I'm not putting all of him. It was just people took turns making mistakes. Yeah. And the mistakes we made, Gosh, dang it, like throwing the ball up and <laughs> just play backyard football and we can't contain them. So um, I, I don't know. There, There is a lot that needs to be done for Falcons fans to feel comfortable believing again because you can't hurt us if we don't expect anything. And so a lot of people I've talked to and I've seen tweeting, they just lost all expectations and hope. This season is done. It's over. Now, there are some who are those you know, positive patties and they are staying like, oh, we still got a chance. And yeah, we do. There's never say never. But right now. That was a horrible impression of me, Ovi. <laughs> I mean, right, right, right now, it's just not looking good because we can't put it all together. And, and that's what's important. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what you do in the, the offseason or mini camp or what you want to do and you should do and you can do. It matters what you do. Like results still matter. And our results keep on saying time and time again that we're a bad team and nowhere near close to competing for playoffs and <laughs> Super Bowls laughable. There's a, a saying out there that happiness is expectation minus reality, right? And so oh. the higher your expectations are, you know, the more set up you are for an unhappy ending because rarely does reality meet 
those super high expectations. And we are probably as guilty as anybody of setting up the listeners, of setting up Falcons fans for yep. high expectations this season. But we I, did. I kind of think... But it gave us reason to me, to feel that way. It wasn't like we yeah. came like our butts just making up stuff. Like, like I, I went to the trading camp. You went to the trading camp. You saw what we saw. Yeah. We've seen... You know what we can do the first couple of games two and zero start like come on like so we gave them we gaslighted them and we gave them all this you know <laughs> we didn't gaslight uh, them we gave them hope man we gave them what we, we, we saw. gave them a little bit of hope yeah. but we're on a positive side and yes we're you worked for the Falcons before I worked for them you know and covered them and so a small party wants to believe mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say that we just came with false hope like we had foundational grounds and basis to what we were saying and now they just erased the things that they were doing good that made us say all these these great things they just erased it they, it's it's gone so I won't say fully gone but most of it's gone it's it's eroding it it is eroding it is eroding and and i mean again like we we've seen the talent but it like it's just not performing up to the level consistently that that we feel like it is capable of. And and you were a part of a team, maybe the last Falcons kind of regime that consistently bounced back or performed week in and week out the way that we could expect them to, right? The Mike Smith era early on, that yeah. kind of 2008 to 2012 stretch, right? And, and you were there for all of that part. And... Yep. What was it about your unit where the, for the longest time, what was it like 32, 31 games where you guys did not lose back to back games? Yeah. What was it about that team, that mentality, the coaching set? Like, can you take us behind the scenes into why your group was able to kind of have a level of consistency where you weren't going to allow these negatives to compound in a way that we have seen so many recent Falcons teams allow the negatives to just build and build and build. Uh, two words, uh, pride and accountability. Those are probably the, the two biggest things I could point to that allowed us to go on that year and a half, two year stretch. I'm not sure how long we, I feel like we didn't lose back to back games because it just, we, we knew the talent we had. We knew how good we were. We knew that it, it was just, it was silly for us having Julio Jones and Roddy White and Tony Gonzalez and Matt Ryan and Michael Turner and myself and, you know, offensive linemen go to the pro. Like, what are we doing not scoring? Forget what the defense does. On offense alone, we were just like, we're not going to allow us to lose back-to-back games. If we score more than they do, they can never win. And we had a defense that, you know, defenses have not been great in the Falcons uh, year. Like we ranked top three rushing, you know, top you know, three passing with Matt Ryan. And our, don't know, I don't know if our defense ever ranked top, top three <laughs> in, in, the, in the last uh, 20, 30 years. Uh, it, it, I, I don't sure even know if see, the grit splits defense ever. I, they may have been like top five, but yeah. Yeah. So, but, so offense, we know that we can be high powered. I was a part of some high powered offenses, uh, passing the ball with Matty Ice and running the ball with me and Mike Turner. So we knew we can literally take over a game. And so that's what we did. We put in the game plan. We had great coaches with the, uh, our office coordinator where he'd let us really be a part of, what do you guys want to do? He would literally say, what do you guys want to do? And we say, well, we want to run it down their throat. He's like, all right, like it'd be red zone. Like Here are 10 plays. Which plays do you love? He, he would, it's crazy. A fullback. People don't ask fullbacks these questions. Which plays do you want to run over? What do you feel com- most comfortable with? I was like, anything that 
the ball's giving me the ball. <laughs> if, it's, if, if it's three yards, I'm gonna get three yards. I had like some crazy stats some fan told me where I was like like 98 percent uh, uh, for a third one and for goal line. Like I would get that one yard. It's crazy to people now. Like why do the quarterback sneak when you got a whole fullback right here? But um, we the, the accountability that we had it was um, it, it goes back to what I mentioned in pods past where we would call people out and, and we, you were never too big to be called out. You, you were, you know, Matt Ryan, people would call out Matt Ryan. I, I love it. And, and Matt would say, Hey, do it. Like Tony, you know, had to be somebody of note, like, you know, Roddy, uh, Tony, Julio, we they called Matt Ryan. Say, hey man, you got to put the ball was there. I was open. You got to put the ball there. Now, now I wasn't at the mat because, you know, every, I was happy he throws the ball my way. <laughs> <laughs> but the accountability that we had, and in the running back at the at the smallest level, at the meeting room, individual meeting rooms, and it kind of just built from there. You know, I I'd get on Mike. Mike would get on me. We we didn't have that many mistakes, but we would just we watch film together. We get on each other. I knew what he was going to do. He knew what I was going to do, and we were just very pr- uh, proud as a group, knowing what we were capable of. And it was a lot of Super Bowl talk. We were like, it's we're not excited to go to the playoffs. We we want to win a ring together, and that was the mentality that we had. And I just don't think that this is that's anywhere close to what's happening in the meetings right now. And they, they're they're prideful, and I'm sure that they keep each other accountable. And it's better than it's been before, but it has to be at the highest level. It has to be at that Tom Brady, you know, going to cuss you out. Like, what are you doing? Like the Patriot way yeah. to the level. The Falcon way is still being sought out, and we're trying to erase what the Falcon way means for twenty people because that means giving up and half effort, and you know, a lot of things that. Falcons fans and probably the, the organization as a whole has seen it hasn't been correlated with winning and the Falcon way needs to be correlated with winning at all costs. It it absolutely does. But I really liked what you said um, earlier in the middle of, of that, uh, that speech monologue. is yeah. Monologue. There you go. Uh, <laughs> was basically that you guys felt like you had an offense that was capable of taking over games and yeah. there's no unit on this Falcons team that I feel like is capable of taking over, whether they're playing their best or or not. But like, there's nothing that I feel like I can sit back and say, okay, well, just wait until so-and-so gets going or just wait until, all right, the defense is back on the field. They're going to take over this game. Like, I mean, but but, but Bijan is that guy. Bijan and the offensive line, because we were raving about But he's we supposed to be. The offensive line were like, oh my gosh, when we get allergy, allergy years, Tyler Algiers, Cordero, uh, Cordero, Cordero Patterson, still don't know which one it is, uh, and <laughs> Bijan, it's over. Like, these guys can take over and be like a, uh, a you know, an Obi, Mahaley, Jerry Stewart, Michael Turner, you know, Jason Snellen type of, like, we're, we, I'm not saying this, we were ranked top five, you know, from for multiple years in our run game, and so we literally took over games. I don't care how great the defense thought they were, but with Harvey Dahl and you know, Tyson Claybo with Mud Duck and so uh, uh, my, my man, um, not Justin Griffin. Uh, he's the boy that got to his job. Um, <laughs> Justin Blaylock, yeah. Uh, Justin Blaylock. Yeah. Love you, Justin Griffin. Uh, Justin Blaylock um, and uh, Sam Baker. Like We literally, a ragtag, scrappy group, were fighting and getting yards, keeping Matt clean, and we took over. They're supposed to do that. Like That's what they're supposed to do with, with all the money we spent on offensive line, with um, adding Bijan to an already stacked running back meeting room. I thought that's where we were going to be able to say, you know what? While Ritter figures his stuff out, we're good because we're getting six, seven yards a carry, mm-hmm. which we saw flashes of that. And even to this game, we saw great flashes from uh, what Bijan could do. But 
they're still for, you know, hell or high water. They're not taking over over a game. No, I mean, again, because I like I, I feel as though the running backs are allowed to get their yardage with the permission of the offense. Right. And, and that is so different than taking over a game. It everything, everything that happens in this offense is in service of the greater offensive plan. And it makes it so much harder to, again, continue to support kind of the offensive coordinator, the head coach, like the whole design of what this team is supposed to be when you are averaging 3.9 yards per play, which is what the Falcons averaged today. Bajan Robinson literally led the entire team with 95 yards. Taylor Heineke, 55 yards passing. Desmond Ritter, when he came in the game, 39 yards passing. What are you doing? Ex- like that's 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 embarrassing. They had I mean, 94 yards the- passing. Bajan Robinson had 95 yards on his own. But again, it's like they they weren't. He had 22 carries, but it's not like they're saying, okay, we're just we're giving the ball to Bajan 40 times today because that's what it takes to win this game. Everything has to like service the overall design and the scheme of the offense, and right now that is not working. I'm I'm uh I'm upset because like they they said it one time like there's there hasn't been a uh, completion over ten yards like yeah they said that many times I was like wait that can't be right I went to the bathroom for like a second but like I no, think it was like, air sure yards was I think it was like through the air because they did have like yeah. a seventeen yard gain but yeah. yeah right but the fact that you know we're only completely these these little slow passes and, and Ritter came in and started, started chucking it and yeah you know we had a couple that were close but like why can't we do both. Why can't we run the ball and have yards, at least mid-range yards, like you know, 20, 30 yards, and then we can see it go for the you know the 40-yard bombs, great. But I something's wrong with our offense to where we're not designed to throw the ball down the field. That's just it doesn't make good winning percentages when you try to uh do this crazy thing called winning games. You got to throw the ball downfield, have somebody fear you, but no one's afraid of Ritter and I guess no one's afraid of Heineke too. I thought that he was going to be much better in that stat, but I also guess it depends on what they give you to uh, to work with as far as the playbook. I mean, the Cardinals were giving them or should have given them so much to work with because they came into this game allowing over seven yards per play on a pass. And the Falcons again had 94 total yards passing in this game. So they didn't have to your point, like 10 yards over or through the air on a single passing play. And I just, I like, I can't, I, like, maybe we should just go big picture again and say that the Falcons lost on the road to a one and 18. Like, I mean, yeah. this, this was that, a that's, game. That's the headline. It, that cause no matter what we say about trying to nitpick here and there, it's, did you win? Did you lose? Right. Like as bad as we, we played during some of our wins, guess what? Weeks ago, they were wins. They're still W's. And so we need to figure out how, Heller High Water to scrap and to crawl and to fight to get a W. And the fact that we couldn't do that, it just, it's, man, I, it's, it's actually comical watching social media and seeing the fans like pull their hair out. And like, there's a guy, used to be, I tweeted some guy, like, don't do it. He was like, that's, you see all this? All the fucks up? I'm burning it. I'm selling it. I was like, no, <laughs> don't do it. I said, we're going to be good someday. I don't know when that day's going to be, but. You know, I don't want to say it's not this year because you know, who knows after the bye week, you get refreshed and I don't know, go to a Taylor Swift concert, figure out what you got to do. Like, yeah, we got to figure out something. <laughs> go down to Argentina. Get us. 
Yeah, whatever it is that your thing is to get you ready to go, we need to do that because this ain't it. This this ain't it. And um, I next week's the bye week, right? Yep. All right, yeah. So going to the bye week with this garbage hanging around your neck with that that funk, that stank of uh, of below mediocrity. Mediocrity is too good for the Falcons. Uh, below mediocrity because you're losing to a team like this. I don't care how good you played in flashes. It's not good enough. And you shouldn't be having conversations about how you're not as good as a one in eighteen. Yeah. Let's say, oh, but we still go to the playoffs. We kind of still can, but it, we we need help with um, the rest of the division to continue being as, as sorry as they are. And, and I mean, that's that's kind of exactly what Arthur Smith said after the game. Uh, before we hopped on, you know, I saw one quote of his that was just like, somehow, some way, we're still in the the thick of it. That's not that's what, every year, though. That's, that's not what you want your coach to say, though. <laughs> no, every every stinking year, will yeah. we're like still trash and saying, but the rest of the NFC South trash too. So we're kind of good. No, you're trash. Like we should yeah. just one of these years. We should just dominate. We could just play up to our potential. In any of these years, we would have been to the playoffs last year, this year, two years ago, despite us being you know very little talent and everything else so it's i don't know man i um i'm just waiting i'm waiting for it's just click and that light will go off and from our coaching to our play calling to our execution to our rookies to to our vets it's just let's just ball out let's just play falcon football what, what falcon football used to mean and should mean and, and let's go out there get to the playoffs let something exciting happen make a run hey we're in the super bowl again Man, I, I need a ring. Like I'm wearing my Pro Bowl jersey uh, because I, I can't. I, it's like a little nightgown. Like, I wear it around the house. I can't wear it out. Like it's, it's weird. I, I, if I had a Super Bowl ring, I'd wear that all the time. I can't like just go to uh, an event with my Pro Bowl shirt or whatever. Yeah. So I wear it around the house whenever I feel down to remind myself that uh, you know I, I was the top one percent, the top one percent, I'm the best, and the Falcons. You know that's my team. We can do great things. And I just wear it. You know, give me a little pick me up. So I threw it on. To give a give me or hopefully give the team some luck, a little, a little excitement, and I just you know had this remind me of what we could do, what the Falcons could do, what our players could do, and what we haven't done. So uh, man, it'd be nice to win a Super Bowl. It'd be nice for the city. It'd be nice for the franchise. It's just so far away after you watch games like this. The the, the Super Bowl dream that every Falcon fan has is so far away when you're like, we can't even beat one in eight teams. Like we we were. We knew what was coming. We knew this was an important game. We knew it was on the line. And we still couldn't win. No. Yeah. Uh, let's first off, let me let me say on this accountability Monday that uh I'm I'm gonna take the L on this one that you have to feel like you have to wear your Pro Bowl, you know, jersey to to feel validated. I don't do a good enough job as your partner here on this podcast of, of validating <laughs> you enough, Ovi. So you all right. you are loved. You are amazing. Yeah. Uh we, Thank we you. respect and appreciate all that you have done and you are great. But yeah, man. I mean, like th- this this fan base needs some validation for all of the energy and effort and everything yeah. that we poured into this group. And again, it's just not there. And let's let's talk about the defense a little bit because yeah, Grady Jarrett's out for the year, which which sucks, right? Like Hurts. none of this is his fault. But when we saw the news that David Onyemata was not going to be suiting up for this game and that he was going to be among the inactives. You know, I started sitting there and going, James Connors coming back, Kyler Murray's coming back. Oh, this is not going to be a good time to be missing another stud defensive lineman. And wouldn't you know it, man, it it came back to hurt them. It's not just because, you know, like the the Cardinals didn't 
have a ton of rushing yards right up the middle, right? But it was the lack of pressure on their passing plays. And then it was the lack of contain because I think they couldn't generate that inside pressure. And so therefore the edge guys felt like they had to kind of collapse the pocket a little bit, which allowed Kyler Murray to kind of boot and escape out. And we saw that on that 13 yard gain on third and 10 to basically clinch it for them. You know, I know they had that big play later on that actually kind of won the game, but once Kyler Murray converted that third down, it really felt like, man, all right, this this one's going to go the way we all think it's going to go. And yeah, and that's I, I, I knew it. I knew it. I was just like, because there was a time I was like, we, we, we might win this. Then I was like, oh, 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 we can't stop that guy. Kyler was, you know, on a mission and he came back trying to prove a point. This is going to be tough. And it got tougher as the game went on. And end of the game, I was like, yeah, this is this is it's a wrap. I just had that that Falcon feeling that, you know, we're going to find some way to, to mess it up. The tackling for this defense has been so bad, like uh, kind of all season, but especially it feels like the last couple of weeks, you know, like I, I like my boy Lamon, my, my African-American, my Caucasian, good, yeah. African-American. like I, I, he, he's a bright spot. Practice squad guy coming to yeah. to this, like, you know, interception, you know, big hit sacks like he's doing his thing. It's, and I, you get that hope, like okay, like again, the defense play good for Falcon standards. It's just that good's not good enough if you can't win against one and eighteen. I mean, once again, like twenty five points, really twenty two points until the final game or the final play of the game. Like that, that most weeks is good enough to win in the NFL. This offense cannot consistently score over twenty five points, right? Against yeah. a, a defense that was allowing. About 28 points on average. Th- this group is the issue. It's the offense that is the issue. And it's it's hard to tell whether or not it is the quarterback play uh, or if it's just kind of the whole cohesiveness of the offensive line, the way that they're mixing in the runs in the past, the scheme. Like it, It's just not working at, at all. But it all kind of, again, ladders up to this is year three of, of Arthur Smith, the coaching staff, like everything getting it together. And I know it's the first year that they really had the the ability to bring in the players that they needed to, but they did that on defense. And now yeah. I'm kind of starting to sit here and say like, should they have brought in some guys on the offensive side of the ball? Because defense wins championships, but that doesn't mean shit if you can't get there. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. Um, and it, it, they had a little, a little stat about um, Heineke like say, oh, scoring's been a problem, but not since Heineke's been in there. He's yeah. had like 55 points in the last six quarters, whatever. And I'm like, oh, dang, he's been doing that well. And granted, you know, not just him as the whole offense, but that's great. I was like, all right, I think Heineke may be our guy. I was like, I want Ritter to come back and, you know, I want him to not feel like his career's over. But if Heineke right now is doing that type of work, it's been a huge difference. Let's roll my boy. Let's let's just go. And he got hurt. And so you wonder if uh he didn't get hurt if there would have been a change, but he, he also was part of the whole 10 yards uh, only, only passing. So it was, it was just yeah. low this game, but um, you're right. We look at it that way. Defense win, does win championships, but with what the defense has been doing this game and previous games, the offense needs to find ways to score consistently. And Heineke was somebody who I, I hope could be that guy. It's going to be very interesting to see what the coach does. I think a lot of it will have to do with injury, and uh, it's he, he's got what he wanted. If he wanted, like you have the bye week, excuse me, and um, 
you wanted Ritter to be what well, I said should should have should happen. Feel like his job is not safe because it's not, and feel like hey, what you're doing is not good enough, and we could end your career right now with Heineke and whoever else we want to. Yeah, it may have worked. Ritter came in and he, he tried to do more. I mean, he didn't have a interception. Uh, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. But rushing touchdown, it felt like the offense had yeah. a little bit of a spark with him there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, it's always easier to do that when you're on the bench. It and is. You feel yep. loose. You come in there, you want whatever, but it's about can you start the game and give me that for four quarters. So it's going to be curious to see what he does with the whole um, who's hard at quarterback thing. And with the bye week, hopefully Heineke's healthy enough to where you make the right decision and put the right person in. I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. Uh, I, I, I like uh, chaos. So I'm going to put Ritter <laughs> back in and say, hey, let's go back and forth. Whoever's doing better this week, that week, let's throw them in, in and out, in and out. Let's, hey, make them both want it. Make them both feel uncomfortable. Make them both hungry and try to compete against each other. All, all this happiness. Oh, they're, they're best friends and they don't care. And Ritter does the, uh, you know, the, the breakdown meetings with the, with the other uh, specialty guys. Yeah. And uh, that, that's cute. But no, compete. Competition breeds excellence. Like you, when you feel somebody like hot breath in the back of your neck, knowing that they're coming for your job, you're going to run a little bit faster. You know, so I, I, I want them to both be competing for the job and to want it more than the other and to try to you know perform at a higher level to show that they deserve the job. That's the only way I think we're going to get the best quarterback for the Falcons. I'm prepared to wrap us up for uh, today's podcast, but Ovi, before we get out of here, they are going into the bye week, and I want to know at four and six, having dropped a very <laughs> winnable game, what would yep. prime Ovi Mahaley Pro Bowl Ovi Mahaley be saying in the locker room this week during the bye to say, guys, we got a chance in front of us, but we got to put it together. What would be your message? Uh, it, it'd really be about um, you got to look within yourself because the the biggest thing for me was that I wanted to give my absolute best. I, you know, yeah, I wanted to go to the Pro Bowl and I wanted to, you know, be recognized by my peers and the media and the fans and let them know when they watch me they're going to get a show. But I also wanted to give my absolute best. I called it just perfect plays. It wasn't just on Thursday, Friday. I, I just wanted to make sure that I knew my assignment. I did my job. And after that, I went out and did somebody else's job too. So it's about go back, watch your film, watch the first four, five, six games, and see if you feel like you've done enough. See mm-hmm. if, if, if somebody is trying to give you a $100 million contract, will they do that for you? Because you're actually playing to the level of the guys that are going to Ken. I, that's that's what we're all trying to do. So I, I really would want to tell guys to you know search for themselves and, and watch your film. And, and if you're not doing good enough, what can you do to get there? Because we all need you to get there. We can't, as you can see by our record, four and six, we can't reach the levels we want to get to and need to get to if you're not operating on all cylinders. Well, Ovi, you always operate on all cylinders, every podcast. You're the $100 million podcaster in my mind. I, I appreciate so that. I, I appreciate you, you know, in spirit, not not, not in reality. There's there's uh, not a chance yeah, coming for you, you get, unfortunately. Um, but <laughs> but that will do it for us uh, today. Unfortunately, again, it's a 25-23 loss. This, this one hurts more than anything, right? Uh, because, again, the Falcons, the, Taylor Heineke himself, and I'm, I'm sure that 
you know, that the Falcons column staff, that the coaches didn't love him saying this is like a Super Bowl week for us, because then we get to sit here and say, well, what the heck happened, man? You guys lost yeah. your third Super Bowl, right? You know, it's, yep. <laughs> but they, fortunately they didn't. But it kind of feels like they did, because when you're sitting here at four and six uh, on year three, when it felt like, OK, finally, they're going to break through. They're going to get back to the playoffs. It it just it, this really, really hurts. And that's not to say that that's not still on the table. That's not to say that the Falcons can't come out and run a seven game. But right now, based on what we've seen, based on what I've yeah. seen, I'm not buying it. And I'm going to hold nope. their feet to the fire from here on out until they show me otherwise. Again, there's no more Mr. Nice Will. There's no more optimistic Ovi. You nope. guys had a chance to put up or shut up. And, and right now, because you guys kind of shut up, we're going to do all the talking and we're going to let you hear it. Boom. And we're going to say that this is not good Man, enough will. and you got to do better. So that is the note that we're going to leave you guys on. Please carry that anger all throughout the bye week. Keep it with you <laughs> when you're at Thanksgiving dinner. I hope you guys aren't saying what you're thankful for. I hope you guys are sitting there being all <laughs> pissed off and angry at the Falcons <laughs> and eating some, not turkey, but roasted Falcon for, uh, for Thanksgiving. And then we'll get right back and we'll get on the road against the Saints and we'll carry that into hate week. But that is what we've yep. got for you guys on today's podcast, which as always was presented by Bet Online. So that will do it for Ovi and I. You can follow him at Ovi Mahaley 34 You can follow me at Will McFadden on Twitter. Um, that will do it for us. As always, going to try to figure out our bi-week plan. Um, you know, probably not going to get anything coming Thursday because there is no game on Sunday to talk about. Uh, we may have a special guest at some point in the, uh, in the coming weeks. Not going to mention anything in case it falls through. But we are working on it behind the scenes. Don't you worry. Um, until then, guys, that will do it for me and Ovi. We will see you guys next time, whenever that may be. But until then, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.